I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Mail-in voting. I, I know I, I know it is a topic we have covered ad nauseum here on this program, but it is an important one. It is important to understand exactly uh, what is happening, uh, what are the facts, what's the fiction, and uh, will it be something that contributes positively to our democratic process come November? It, th- they are uh, crucial, almost fundamental, fundamentally important questions uh, when it comes to our nation. All right, we uh, we operate. Uh, with a representative democracy, and this uh, is possibly uh, a feature of that, and understanding how it works, does it work, and will it work is, is very important. I, I have broken down this issue into three, three fundamental questions. Uh, number one, can states handle mail-in balloting? Can states handle mail-in balloting? Not long ago, President Trump had this to say uh, on that question. They think they're going to send hundreds of millions of ballots all over the United States and it's going to come out. You won't know the election result for weeks, months, maybe years after. Maybe you'll never know the election result. And that's what I'm concerned with. It'll be fixed. It'll be rigged. People ought to get smart. And I just hope our Republican voters, the people that are for you, uh, are going to do what they have to do. Absentee ballots are great because absentee ballots, you have to go through a process to get them and it's it's actually a great thing. Absentee ballots. I'm going to be voting absentee. An absentee ballot is one thing. A universal mail-in ballot is a disaster. Now, when you hear Trump talk about the what, what he views as the potential disaster of mail-in balloting, it is uh, he is referring to the states themselves, not the post office. So the second question is, can the post office handle mail-in balloting? Here is the postmaster general in his statement last week on handling mail-in ballots. As we head into the election season... I want to assure this committee and the American public that the Postal Service is fully capable and committed to delivering the nation's election mail securely and on time. And the third question, the third question which we today turn to Brigham Young University to answer is, does mail-in balloting offer either party an advantage? I'm honored to be joined by Michael Barber, professor of political science, who has just undertaken, along with some colleagues, a remarkable look back at uh, decades of history on this very topic to answer the fundamental and simple question if anyone enjoys an advantage from mail-in balloting. Professor, thank you for joining me. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Uh, t- tell me what your study found. Well, we looked at over 30 years of uh, counties that use vote-by-mail, and um, that's happened in a variety of states, Utah being one of them. And uh, we looked at two questions, whether the implementation of a vote-by-mail system increased turnout overall, and then uh, whether that increase in turnout benefited one party or the other. And what we found was that uh, when a county moves to a vote-by-mail system, uh, that it did, in fact, increase turnout, but just a little bit, about two to three percentage points. Uh, but, we, but, but what we also found was that, that that increase in turnout more or less benefited both parties equally. And so there was no, no partisan benefit to uh, one party or the other. 
How's that possible? That runs counter to the narrative. I thought we're all supposed to believe that Democrats benefit when we vote by mail, but but you found otherwise, huh? Well, uh, I think that that narrative is incorrect, and it's uh, people saying things without any evidence. Um, uh, The evidence, which is in our study, uh, shows that uh, basically Republicans and Democrats are mobilized equally. Uh, You have a lot of Republican voters who are older and don't necessarily want to have to travel to vote in person, and so vote by mail really benefits them. And you have a lot of Democratic voters that might not be what you could say are kind of regular voters. There may be occasional voters, and vote by mail uh, often acts as a reminder to them that uh, the election is taking place. And so what ends up happening is you get more or less uh, both parties benefit equally. Uh, this is remarkable stuff. I think it's important information. Uh, tell me a, a little bit about the process here. When you uh, on day one, you have this idea, you have the question: Do uh, d- does mail-in voting benefit either party? What is step number one? How do you go about answering a question that large? Yeah. So step number one is simply figuring out what parts of the country use vote by mail and uh, when they adopted that. So we went uh, we went through and we scoured election. Uh, databases and newspapers and reports on when a county uses vote by mail. Uh, And then once we'd uh, figured out who was using it and when they were using it, uh, we went about collecting millions and millions of voter records. Uh, Luckily, that's something that I do often in my research. And so we had uh, quick access to uh, voter records as well as election outcomes uh, for several decades. And so then it just becomes a matter of uh, piecing all of these data sets together uh, and then doing some statistical analyses and, and seeing what the results look like. Outstanding. When you reveal results uh, on this scale, something so massive, a question so profound, uh, do, do you get contacted by political parties themselves wanting to scrutinize your data? What, 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 what's the life of someone uh, like in your position who, who makes a, a claim like this after your study? Uh, well, it's certainly, uh, I've talked to more uh, media outlets in the last 24 hours than probably the last 10 years. <laughs> um, so the life, of a, the life of a professor is usually one of obscurity. Um, uh, but this is a topic that's important, and it's a topic that's really timely. And, uh, and so I think it's really important that we educate the public and that people know, uh, you know, what, what we're doing in terms of administering an election. And and I think Utah is a great example of a state that has uh, been very careful in developing a vote-by-mail system. Uh, they run it in a very efficient and very professional manner, uh, and it works really well for us. It's, uh, it's been very successful here in Utah. Excellent. Professor Barber, uh, we're going to have to let that be the last word. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your study, and thank you for uh, answering uh, this fundamental question. Does mail-in balloting offer either party an advantage? Your findings indicate that no. In fact, uh, it's an even deal uh, when mail-in balloting is implemented. Thanks again. You're welcome. Thank you. All righty. Quick break. When we return, uh, we're going to be speaking with uh, someone named Jakari Kelly. You You heard that name before? Yeah, uh, on March 30th in the evening, uh, when I was here on the air late into the night uh, with Debbie Dejanovic, we spoke with Jakari Kelly. That was the night when there were protests in the street of Salt Lake City. She, Jakari, is the leader of Northern Utah Black Lives Matter. And today, on the occasion of the March on Washington, uh, there's a Utah effort to replicate uh, that event. And we're going to speak with an organizer and someone behind it all next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. 
a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.